what you're looking for, the same thing It's a new thing, check out this I bring Uh-oh, the roll below the level Cause I'm living low next to the base Come on! Turn up the radio They're claiming I'm a criminal But now I wonder how Some people never know The enemy could be the friend guardian I'm now a hooligan I rock the party and clear all the madness I'm not a racist, preach the teacher oh. Cause some they never had this Number one, never wanna run about the gun I wasn't licensed to have one The minute they see me, fear me I'm the epitome, a public enemy Used abuse without clues I refuse to blow a fuse They even had it on the news Jam. So here it is again, another death jam But since I gave you all a little something that I knew you lacked They still consider me a new jack All the critics you can hang on my hold the rope But they hope to the Pope and pray it ain't dope The follower of Farrakhan Don't tell me that you understand until you hear the man The book of the new school rap game Writers treat me like Coltrane, insane Yes to them, but to me, I'm a different kind We're brothers on the same mind, unblind Caught in the middle end, not surrendering I don't rhyme for the sake of riddling So claim that I'm a smuggler Some say I never heard of ya A rap burglar False media We don't need it, do we? It's fake, that's what it be to you, dig me? Yo, Terminator X Step up on the stand and show these people what time it is, boy Salute to the people. We back. This is the 360 University Podcast right here with the international homeboy, the incredible DJ 360, along with my co-host. Legendary fat boy himself, Cool Rock Yes, yes, y'all. And we back. We in the place to be. We had um, segment number one. We dealt with education, um, talking to a couple of uh, about three teachers from the Houston area that are on the front line when it comes to the education process and how the students around the world, not just in the United States, but around the world are adapting to um, having to change their normal to now their online learning and having to wake up and clock into a, a website in order to get their education for the next, for the, for the near foreseeable future. So we don't know how long it's going to last. So we salute the parents, we salute the teachers and all the other frontline soldiers on the front line. Um, from healthcare all the way to the grocery stores and everyone who's providing services <clears throat> for the world and, and to these different nations while we are on quarantine and while we can't move too much um, and our, our normal has changed. Segment two. Um, before we get into segment two, though, cool, we got to shout out um, Hella Hot Hot Sauce, man, and the homeboy Kyle out there in California. Hot Sauce, man. We got our sponsors up. We getting our sponsorships. Um, shout out to Kyle out there in California, man. I, I just had the um, the brain jerk. It was it was kind of like the forest and fire. Cool. It was super hot. I had it on some uh, some um, oh, what do we eat? We had some catfish the other day, man. I put some of that hot sauce on there, and um, you know, kind of kind of jerked my brain, like the name of the actual hot sauce says. But um, once again, shout out to Kyle out there in California, man. Which which one have you had lately? Cool. Um, I just had. I'm still on my first bottle that he sent me maybe uh, two weeks ago. I still haven't finished that. Okay. So, uh, yeah. 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 It still got me sweating. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, segment two. We we jump we jumping into it. This is the hip hop segment. You know what I'm saying? This is not only just the hip hop segment. This is also the cultural segment. This is the the life segment. And we have. Um, one of 
your favorite rapper's favorite rappers who is the favorite rapper of his favorite rapper. You know what I'm saying online. But not not only that, um, we have we have uh, an individual on the line who is also on the front line of culture and and has a lot to say. Um, the group is called Enemy Radio, and if you hear the word enemy, you know exactly who I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about no other than the legendary Chuck D is in the house for Public Enemy and Enemy Radio. How you doing? Salute, Mr. Chuck. Mr. Chuck. I'm good, man. I'm good talking to the legends, man. 360 and also uh, my man, Cool Rock C. And um, I don't, I don't want to just like go off the, the, the tangent right now, but whenever you run into a legend such like Rock C, I remember, oh man, we bought, as promoters, we bought y'all out to Delphi University when y'all was the Disco 3. Right. And, uh, but on our flyers, we put Fat Boy so big and the Disco 3 was so small. And then we knew, like, and we, of course, we, we don't know what people are talking about. Oh, yeah, we did it. And then the next week they were the Fat Boys. But we knew that Fat Boys would work on our flyer, man. And everybody packed up in there. Y'all just turned it out and just destroyed it. But I tell you, the most mind-boggling show I had seen in, in a gigantic spot up to that point is when y'all was on the Fresh Press 1, and I went down and drove down to the Spectrum in Philly, and right. I was just blown, blown, I was blown away by the costume changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, you know this, Chuck and Van, you know all about this. It's all about putting on a show. Um, we learned this stuff from cats like um, Flash and Furious Five and Cold Crush Four, and you know they were wearing the tuxedos on stage. You know these guys came to right. on the show. They, I mean, they represented you know hip hop at that time as as, as dressing up. You know, I mean, of course, Run DMC came with the whole dress down thing, but you know it was all about putting on right. the show. You know, but um, yeah, yeah y'all were right costume in the middle changes. of that. Y'all, y'all came. I said costume changes. You know, when you talk about hip hop and rap music, right? How often do you hear costume changes being the mind-boggling point? <laughs> as well as tearing it up. Y'all started up with the rhymes and the beats and, you know, the beatbox and all that and the songs, but the costume changes was blowing my mind because, you know, you this bit come out in the fog and boom, another costume change. Right. So, that was dope. Yeah. You thought we were, um, you know, we were about to get up there and sing some songs or something. We were rapping and doing costume changes. That was crazy. Yup, yup. So I'm gonna always bring up some different different point of view and different angles. So, so yeah, that that's always struck. Me. Yeah. Um and not only do we have the legendary Chuck D, my co-host, the legendary Cool Rock Ski, but we also have the legendary Van Silk in the house. We couldn't we couldn't build a tree of hip hop. We couldn't have a tree of hip hop without the limb and the root. Actually, forget a limb. The one of the roots to this hip hop culture is Van Silk. What's up, Van? You in the house. Hey, Chuck. Hey, 360. Hey, what up, man? I'm blessed to be what, here. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. And and I'm glad that we got four brothers together on the phone in this time that we all living in right now. Yeah. Yeah. And Silk was talking about you going to hide behind a fire hydrant. <laughs> 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 nah, man. You got um. Yeah, you got to speak up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, there's so much going on in the world. There's so much. Um, and Chuck, I mean, I was watching your interview that you did with um, Talib Kweli. And you had right. s- a part a of part- it, right? Cause they, because they show it in parts. And then they show the, they're going to show the full interview, I think, on okay. Tuesday. 
And uh, I, I think when they come on Tuesdays or okay. whatever. So they what they do is they tease the audience. And, yeah. um, well, and, I, gave, uh, I gave them the yeah. YouTube version. I gave them, okay. I posted the YouTube version with the link in all my posts. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. what version he's seen and everything, but. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's um I thought but overall I think um mentioning Pop Smoke, mentioning um 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 Nipsey Hussle, mentioning anybody that's passed away or anything that happens in a violent manner or anything that's negative, it always like you said, it has a way of reaching to the top on this 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 elevator. And then anything that we that we talk wow. about or things that we experience or want to bring and add to or add some type of value to something if it's positive it's like okay we'll get to that later or it seems to go by the wayside but you but overall i think your point is and you can expound on it you know let the the positivity rise too and don't let everything that's so negative always be the trending topic um so so what what are your thoughts on that chuck uh, as far as um you know us what we're paying attention to when we have so much time to pay attention to something. Well, it's interesting when you talked about in the beginning about young people seeing their whole teaching uh, or the learning situations change because the narrative was gone from sit down, come to class, learn a book, you know, go out in the backyard. Now we've seen like this, this divergence of citizens being ushered into being medicines and no greater example are you seeing it right now but people are right. all in the crib now they say it's because of coronavirus so that's because that's the cause and the effect is that people are going to be in the crib so you still have it play it out and end up anyway in the same areas that y'all ain't going to go nowhere now y'all right. are going to travel y'all not going to leave the country y'all not going to leave your crib you're going to stay in there because we said so that's that's the bottom line of what's being wow. done, and so if you're locked up in the crib, you know your dynamics of your neighborhood, your household, um, are all going to be in the play. Especially if you have to go over through two or three weeks or a month or two at a time, all those dynamics, the bad will will start to elevate, right? And the good, right. you know, that you got to kind of stock up on the good. So I mean, that's even food, attitude, <laughs> <laughs> love, and all those right. other things, man. So um, we, we already was living in a, in a, in a nation in, inside of a world that was responding to gadgets and headlines. And 30 years ago, I wrote a song called Don't Believe the Hype, 32 years ago. Yeah. 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 And that was actually a Noam Chomsky theory where I attacked, the, attacked the, the, I would say, the fallacy for a headline. And anytime somebody would see the front of the newspaper and not read inside or see the back of the newspaper, they, the newspapers had two headlines back in the newspaper days. And right. the front headline was the sensational headline would get you to pick up the paper. And they could come up with all kinds of uh, stuff. Like, you, you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, damn, man. I mean, they would pick a tacky headline. Like, I, like not so-and-so passes, but they'll be like, you know, Pope dead, you know? You'd be like, damn. Right, right. And in the back, you know, they got other headlines. So when the newspapers, I, they, 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 they ran their newspapers on shocking people with the headlines. Right. And we fast forward into the 80s and the 90s, and that's, you know, that's the hype. But my thing is, like, if you don't read what's in between the, the lines and then the newspaper also be have the ability to read and comprehend 
a headline will only take you but so far, man. You go and spread the headline, you might not spread the, the full story. But we're in a time where, where the digital age is 500 times that. Right. And the blogs right. and the news media, you know, they call it clickbait. The headlines. We're going we're gonna to get right. you to come yeah. in. And we're going to also depend on you not even, we don't care if you don't even read it or not. We're going to bring you right. in with a picture. And we're going to bring you in with a headline. And once you're in there, right. then whatever. We got. We already got you. You know, it ain't based on no currency. It's based on views, visits, and subscription, eventually. Mm-hmm. So that's the currency I would circulate today. And so when it came down to hip-hop, hip-hop is just going to be, you know, reflecting that in the United States because black people follow what everything else is, no matter if we say right. we got our own thing. If Americans do, United States of Americans do it one way, we part of that, so we're going to mimic it the same way. So all the way down to music that's considered a bastard child of music, hip-hop and rap music. I mean, that's a grown bastard child at 40 years, man. Damn, right? right. But, <laughs> like, you know, right. here we are, right? And the blog and and the hip-hop magazines and everybody, everybody that feels that they can just do it, follows that. They follow it with even less trait of ethics. I mean, what the hell is the effort, right? Right, right. You ain't right. Got really, I mean, it, it, it's whatever. So it got to a point where the narrative of, of, a, of a rapper would only get covered. Remember, it was just popular, you know, and, and I would say news circles is like only time black people get on the news and something bad happens. Right. So that became a, just a normal thing. Like, when you see black folks on the news, man, it's something bad happened. That's basically people calling you bad people. Black people are bad people because anytime I see them on the news, you know, up until Bill Cosby outside their news, then they bad people. I didn't know they were lawyers and doctors and all that crap. Mm. So this is stuff from right. 20, 35 years ago. So when it comes, it came down to the narrative of hip hop just went right in the in the gutter. And great things. I, I think I remember seeing the greatest performance on TV I've ever seen in my life. Like Common was on the NBA All Star game, and yeah. and he just blew yeah. it away, yeah. man. It was like yeah. the most incredible performance I've ever seen. And it was like cricket in the media. It was like nothing. Nobody said anything. Right. Exactly. They talked about it on the, in the NBA, but it's like, oh, damn, nobody says anything. And right. the only bad look of narrative of hip-hop, man, kind of struck me when uh, Pop Smoke got murdered. The young man was just coming up. And last year, that's a year, you know, after Nipsey right. Hussle. And a lot of people ain't heard of Nipsey Hussle. They're like, now they hear Nipsey Hussle when he's dead. I mean, something that um, Jadakiss addressed on Ignatius when he talked about, you know, dead rappers. Yeah. It's like, this can't be the narrative. I mean, Van Silk knows that regardless of how rough and tumble and dire straits the Bronx was, there was a lot, lot of mm-hmm. life popping out of the Bronx. A lot of life oh, popping yeah. out of the music. A lot of life popping out of, out of hip-hop music. When the conditions in New York City at that time, in every single borough, was almost like kind of, kind of like dire streets because they didn't give a damn about the uh, black folk, especially in the city. The Bronx was yeah. forsaken. <laughs> Parts of Brooklyn was forsaken. Queens had right. road, uh, skullduggery areas. And uptown, especially in Manhattan, man, they left it for dead. So, yeah. you know, out of all that, man, hip-hop still came out with bright and shiny and gave light. You look yeah, at it was the like, it was such the, the days of slavery. Sorry to cut you off, but we took something... And, and took, took nothing and made it out of something. And that's what hip-hop pretty right. much was. It's like, you left us for dead, but yeah. we took the music and we made something out of it, you know. 
And, and the, exactly, Rocky. And the thing is that, you know, black folks wasn't allowed to talk out a lot. We wasn't allowed right. to read. Right. So what, what happened, how we expressed ourselves in code and in music. And whether it was rhyming or humming or whatever, man, we did that. Yeah. So hip-hop was no different out of, out of, out of those ashes rose the phoenix, mm-hmm. man. So basically right. it got to a point where the narrative of hip-hop, man, brought me into a point of anger. And um, and I and I, one thing I do that was in common, uh, a common place, I should say, is that everybody now was engaged into their gadget. Mm-hmm. And I started right. to ask the question, man, is they gadget what they depending on all the information and only a spewing bad looks about what we do, man? Is it a toy or is it a tool, man? And um, I, I figured that, that, you know, I could use this as, as a, a teachable moment, but in order to have a teachable, a teachable moment, you got to have a reachable moment. Right. And um, I started I start asking the question. I'm no, sorry, I, was, I was just going to say one thing's for sure. Um, in order, like you were saying, in order to have that teachable moment, you got to have people that are willing to listen. And, yeah, and, 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 and even if they're not students um, um, cognizantly being a student, they have to, you, you can look at these people and say, okay, I see that they may not be, a, um, um, like we say, quote unquote, woke at the time. Let me see what they're talking about. Let me see what their, their attention is on. And they are going to, by default, because right. I want to um, make hammer this point home, I want to see, they're going to be my student. So Chuck, I see, I see, I see where right. you're going with that because um, using what you what you did, and I'm a and I'm a hip hop fan. I'm a super Public Enemy fan. I used to live in Atlanta, and I went to all the shows that you guys did in Atlanta, and I saw how you guys put your art, put your culture, and give it to the people who were students of in this crowd. And so Ooh. from that, I see me being um, a student of Public Enemy. I saw where you were going with this whole situation. And the, the, the picture that you just painted for us as far as going from the newspaper and having the headlines and then the good stuff is on the back or whatever the case, even even if we're going to the funnies, you have to get past that the Pope is dead highlight just to get to the, the, the Sunday funnies. You know what I mean? So um, right. so right. with with the situation um, with, with Public Enemy and Flavor Flav and, and, and the whole thing that was trending, do, would you say that this teachable moment right. actually um, – you 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 accomplished the goal of what the teachable moment was. Um, did w- hey, damn Skippy? You taught you taught you damn you. you, you <laughs> it was a teachable moment that still goes on all the way up to right now as we speak. I yeah. mean, uh, let me tell you, man. And Flav and I got into it yesterday, really today, because of. He misinterpreted what the Talib Kweli um, interview was about. And I said, bro, that was an interview of love, man, bringing your stock up. So when they tease these shows, I don't know what they showed. So I think they probably showed the headline. And once again, up to truth is the the form. I don't think he might have seen the whole thing. So, you know, so that's why he said yesterday, I think on social media, it's like, I'm not part of a hoax. I'm like, dude. You got part of the hoax. Why did you want this thing to go all the way to Coachella, April fifteenth? You know, we we already figured this out. Like in twenty nineteen, it wasn't all the best of flavor. Every time you heard about flavor, he was trashed on Wendy Williams show. His ex manager had a baby where he was denying. I mean, all the stuff that I don't want to go into talking about him. I don't want to talk about the problems 
of him because my thing is like, we'll get past yeah. those things. But I said, listen, man, the teachable moment is one thing I did tell him that was in real life. You know, I said, one more time is your lawyers put my business out there. Cause me and you are partners. If your lawyers who really don't have much of a regard for any of us, I said, your lawyers put something out there. I'm going to public and publicly embarrass you. And that's me to you, you know? Right. And, um, I think with the Bernie Sanders thing, he had nothing to do with it. It was just, a, you know, enemy radio is a political arm doing political things that he don't want to do anyway. I get that. Right. But I think from the out, from the outside end, he saw that it's like, oh, public enemy radio. And I think also uh, the whole Sanders team, their publicity, they put out a 1987 picture, like with me, Grip, Terminator, Flavor. And, and, and put it wow. out there like Public Enemy's going to be there. So why wouldn't Flavor right. be mad? He should have been mad. Right. But I think the, the wrong way of doing this is saying, yo, Chuck, he went, you know, his lawyers put out a cease and desist. And I was like, yo, man, you went to your lawyer to put a cease, a cease and desist on me. Boom. And that's where the whole firing thing came from. I said, you embarrassed me again. And I gave him two warnings before. And that's where he said, and they, was, they were kind of like saying, you know, oh, man, we wasn't suing. I said, yeah, you cease and desist me. If you don't take this down, we will sue your ass. So that was the lawyer doing the thing. And I told Flavor, keep your lawyers away from doing something with me publicly because if they do that, then I'm going to embarrass you. So hold them in wow. check. Right. And then the next day after that went out, I had a conversation with Flavor. And I said, listen, man, this is how we spend our way out because I saw this coming anyway. I said, um, we're going to do it this way to the point where it's not going to be a hoax, but it's going to make a, an intentional attack on the way that media operates and the way that the hip-hop narrative is went in the ditches and in the gutter. And we're going to come up with, with, with something that at the end of the day is going to bode well. But we're going to keep this, you know, kind of like me and you going at it. And um, But we got, we got to be productive. And out of that productivity was an enemy radio that was already 80% done that was going to get released anyway. But we were going to have the key song of enemy radio be a very, pretty much the most important song of our time, which is Food as a Machine Gun. And, um, and you know, and, and enemy radio is simple as this. It's like, it's no new members. It's the it's member element of Public Enemy. I brought Jahir in, in, in 2008 to be an opening MC for Public Enemy. So after he's been there 12 mm -hmm. years, DJ Lord has been the DJ for 20 years. The World Turntables, who also was in process of rage with me. And we had Pop Diesel and James Bomb, respectively, S1W, since 1987 and 1990. So all mm -hmm. of Enemy Radio is is the MC, DJ, political sound system, like going back to the reggae roots, going back to, I mean, Marley, Peter Tosh, the Whalers, you know, that type of thing, Muda Baruka. You know, political. You see that in hip hop and rap music. One thing that we do know over the last 20 years, the narrative is stay away from politics. Stay away from yeah. being political. And I just don't think yeah. I don't think there should be a fear of being political, especially if you if you are MC 40 or 35 and older. Why be afraid right. of politics? So this is what these people are like. Oh, we don't want hip hop to be political. So that's what enemy radio was formed, especially like. Like it was performed, um, I mean, it, it was formed to actually perform on things like Sankofa's gathering that Harry Belafonte, who inducted us into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 
he had a gathering. So Enemy Radio will come up and do those special political events or, or fundraisers or benefit shows. And so can tell you, I mean, up to like two or three years ago, you got people that ain't trying, they got down to do a show unless they get paid. Right. So, you know, I, that's why I made Enemy Radio. So there was an Enemy Radio already in the works with me and Dahi and DJ Lord. Um, we've already done some things live before. It's a component out of Public Enemy. And the whole key during that month of March is that flavor, get in the lab and add those two to three songs on the Nothing Is Quick in the Desert, and we released that as a part of me album in June. So it was really Enemy Radio in April and Public Enemy in June with the three to five cuts that Flavor Flavor was going to produce. So his job was to be busy, and I've been on him every day like, dog, <laughs> what's up, man? Get me this track. He talking. Listen, he up there talking. Yeah, I'm going to get you the track. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you. I said, yo, man, listen, man. I'm giving you the alpha male job, man. Yo, listen, man. I, I don't know why. I'll be like telling you, listen, he's the alpha male. You want to talk how a record needs to be hot? Go in there and make a hot record, deliver me, and tell me where my part's going to be. So right. after two and a half weeks, he finally got me two tracks out of the five, and I knocked them, I knocked them out in 24 hours. Turned them around in my studio. I'm like, where's the third, bro? Where's the third? So he's like, I, put, I, I sprayed my phone with lights off, and the phone don't work. Like, that ain't got nothing to do with me. That ain't my problem, man. Oh, man. So all these people up there, I mean, I... For, for, for the longest period of time, for 30 days, for 30 days, man, I'm like, Jackie Robinson, man, I just took the oath of silence, like, you know what, me and Flavor, we got beef, Flavor's like, yo, man, I don't like that April 1st, I think we should take it to April 15th, I'm like, nah, dog, man, this thing is over <laughs> April 1st, so we get in a big conversation, right, on Coachella versus April Fool's Day, now understand wow. this, also. Coronavirus ain't even an issue. It ain't even right. an issue. A national, it ain't even an issue. So we talked, I'm like, nah, man, because DJ Lloyd was playing a set at Coachella. So we supposed to come out at Coachella on April 15th. And he's like, I think we should. And so the big fight we have is like April 15th, we carry the, the, the hoax out versus April 1st. I'm like, nah, man, I ain't going more to more than 30 days and taking this acid bath. You know, I could afford to take a hit on my persona. He can't. He thinks everything right. he does is a good look. I'm like, nah, man, everything that you did, yeah, every every piece of news ain't good news, but he's from the reality world where every piece of news is news. I'm like, not necessarily so. And um, so we differ on that. But one thing I knew, I said, we're going to take over April Fool's Day. Now, April Fool's Day, at the beginning of March, was a different April Fool's Day than it was at the end of March. And that's because of coronavirus. So when he put out that, that text yesterday, like, you know, uh, and it was his lawyer speaking, man, probably, definitely, because the language was definitely his lawyer. It's a shame that you are promoting a record, you know, on April Fool's Day when people are dying. I'm like, that sounds just like his lawyer. And I was like, what? Wow. Promote, I'm not promoting a record on April 1st. April 1st was already on the schedule. Regardless, man, before the coronavirus was an issue, I ain't going to remove right. it because everything else was working. Right. You know, the right. thing about it is, okay, play it. Put it and my thing was about it is like when they put out there, get ready for the first, get ready for the thing I was talking about. Floppy ass headlines. It was like, 
you know, Enemy Chuck D puts out, as D for Flavor Play puts out new record. That's a sloppy clickbait headline, man. Not even knowing the damn story. So it's like, wow. And then Flavor fell into reading the headline and like got mad at me. I'm like, dude, this is exactly what I'm talking about. The narrative ain't what it is. Right. 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 Clickbait headline coming from anywhere. We got to expect it, but I hate it. And that's what I wanted to rail against on April 1st. I said, yo, man, it's a hoax because all y'all go for the bad right. news. Right. So right. go for the bad news. I put out a record of, I put out a record about the onslaught of what's really going to be the issue after the virus, and that's the killing of bad food. Food right. used as a weapon. Hey, listen, give you a case in point for all three of y'all, yeah. right? And we got New York City on this phone, right? Talking about right. the, in the crib, man, you in the apartment, man. Let's say a, a single mother, she got three boys, 8, 11, and 13, right? Right? Right. You can't right. go nowhere. You got to stay in that apartment for like a month, right? <laughs> Yo, man, apartment ends up becoming an oven. And number one, man, them boys, man, I'm just saying boys. Them boys is eating, man. They eating. Right. They playing videos, and they eating, and they eating, and you ain't got no That's job it. now. And a stimulus package is, is dead after, like, uh, uh, yo, four days. And, and yo, right. man, and, and, and already we got the conditions that they eat and they eat and they in the crib. And the, the, the what you got, you already got in your community stress and hypertension, right. right? You got diabetes. You got, uh, you got like, people are just basically like, yo, man, I'm, yo, I'm, I'm at which end on what to do. Man, that's when... The, uh, the crib turns into an oven. Wow. Right. Wow. You know, you know, it ain't like cats got like, oh, you know what? Like, it ain't like, a, like to me, like, I, I have to look around in my office, and you know what? I got eight, 18 bookshelves and, and an endless amount of books, and they based on the grid. You know, read, write, mm-hmm. listening in real time in real life is different than reading, writing, and listening on your phone. Exactly. Right. Right. So that, exactly. that can evaporate. So how much offline is happening in, up inside the crib, and especially when it comes down to nutrition, all the worst foods is what we're going to line up for the next two two months. There all of the worst foods. Wow. And I'll, I'll, so we, yo, man, it's warfare, man. It's voluntarily warfare. So, like, you hope that the two weeks would have been like, okay, we can escape the virus. But I'm saying yeah. the after effect of the virus is going to be like, no, man. The after effects of the virus, you know, the uh, yo man, blood pressures is crazy. Well, you can go to the you can't go to the pharmaceutical and get what you got to get. A lot of times they're going to be maxed out of clothes. So, right, it's a teachable moment, yeah. man. And but what, I just let me ask you this: what's going to happen? Let me ask you this question, Chuck. What's going to happen? Like as I said before, I, I posted on Facebook once. What's going to happen when the natives get restless? Because it's going to come a time where people are going to say, you know, enough is enough. I need to get out this house. I need to go out. I need to do this, do that. What? Are, what? What's going to happen? You Rocky, 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 that's happening. Rocky, that's happening right now, man. Rocky is happening right now, man. It's going to be like, see, I've seen this in other countries too. If you ain't got right. a government who basically is going to bring the militia and shoot you dead. <laughs> you know, yeah. with the policies that they're talking, they're going to work, and then the United States is on the edge, and damn, they're kind of like saying, well, we we don't let us get to a point where we want to shoot y'all dead. And who do you think they're going to shoot first? They ain't going to go to the suburbs and shoot people in their own house. Yeah, yeah exactly. Speaking exactly. of that, I mean, 
um, in Kenya uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, 13-year-old was shot dead um, on his balcony in Kenya um, because they were enforcing the um, the curfew. Um, and this is looking like, and I hope, like you say, I hope it doesn't become, you know, what's going on in, right here in the United States to where they're catching people out in the streets and then, you know, they just letting their cannons go. Um, this is this is looking like um, somewhat of a movie that is playing out right in front of our eyes. And I think we have the ability or we have the power to curve what's happening as long as we use common sense um, in our day-to-day life. And I actually want to go into that song right now, if we can, Chuck, um, um, Food as a Machine Gun. I want to go into that and let people hear that, hear the message, because... This is what's happening. People are at the house, just like um, um, Chuck D just said. We're at we're at yeah. the house. All the worst foods are what we picking up because it's the cheapest. You go, you walk into the grocery store. You got ten ten for ten Debbie's little little Debbie's cakes and 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 uh, ho hos and yeah. all the junk that the kids want, mm-hmm. and they're not in school, yeah. so they go into the refrigerator and the the cabinets three and five, three to five, six, seven times a day. And not getting any physical activity. Yeah. So I want to go into that right now. Um, food as a machine gun. I need everybody out there, all the listeners, all the students out there who are listening right here to this lesson. It's not an episode. This is a lesson um, because we got not only do we have legends on the line, but we have people that know what they're talking about that can give you all an understanding. By no choice of your own, you are part of um, the listening community. Um, you are part of this um, learn this teachable moment, like Chuck D said. So. You, you need to listen. Here it is. Um, Food as a Machine Gun by Enemy Radio with the legend, Ch- legendary Chuck D. Van Silk and my co-host Kowalski is in the house. Here we go. Food as a Machine Gun. How not to die by the weapon formerly known as food. Hell not to die. Sugar, sugar, who you talking to? Dirty water, who be loving you? Stroke, no joke, must have hit that salt. Don't look at me, cause it ain't my fault. I know you want it, say you need it, and you eat it, cause you want it. Sugar, sugar, you don't love me. Sugar, sugar, you don't need me. Now, it be eating me. Eat it up. Got us fighting diabetes. Stress level, sleepless, emotional, mental. Drugs and the food I love screwing up my physical. physical. I'll never fall in love again. With this hate on my plate and Food and Drug Administration. Is it my hallucination? Food is a machine gun. 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 Sugar, sugar, I know you move me. I know you wanna drink me. You and everything, not just candy. Worse than a pop pop, shoot em up, kill em up, movie. A ride going on in that corner. About a word on a bird in that corner. Toxic, yeah, they just box it. Hard to tell the parent on the board like an opioid. How sweet it is. They just line up these kids. How happy is a meal when dancing with cancer with that God bless America, FDA romancing, a new old kind of gangster get death. Pesticide, chemical, get around. Fast food, industrial, sit down. 
EPA's a gang, throw it up now. Food is a machine gun. 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 Sugar, sugar, call me late at night. By daylight, stomach busted, not feeling right. Back hurting, heart burning. I need oxygen. Sweet and sour, more addictive than your oxycotton. GMOs in your new clothes. Food deserts in them corner stores. Salty, salty, where's the reservoir? Double the price if you black and poor. What kind of plant is in your plant burger? Pesticides on your organics and they do it early. Chicken, chicken, chemicals, fossil fuels, emissions. Go ahead and ask who is up in that kitchen. Food industry like music industry design. To make you go crazy and just lose your mind. Chips, dip, soda, soda, yo, give me some. Pow, pow, food is a machine gun. 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 Such an important song, and like Chuck D said, um, uh, one of the most important songs of our time. Chuck, I want to ask what? you. I want to ask you this question, man. Um, what do you say to the public, the diehard Public Enemy fans? who are looking like, wait a minute, this is the group that gave me Rebel Without a Pause, Don't Believe the Hype, Fight the Power, Black Steel in the Hour Chaos. Time um, Bomb. Time Bomb. Yeah, right Starter. I mean, going, going for days. days. <laughs> Yo, bum rush the show. All of this. And now we're seeing what was perceived as um, airing dirty laundry in social media from this group that gave us that um, package of material. What do you say to these um, diehards that don't really understand what's going on, how can you help give them clarification um, aside from what you've already said to, to them? I, it is not going to be clear right now. And everything ain't clear when you're in the middle of it right now. Hey, hey, the coronavirus ain't clear. Right. And it's not right. a clear period. The, the, the whole thing is like ahead. You know, it will work itself out if you persevere and go forward. And it will, you know, it's like uh, one day it will all make sense. It ain't gonna be. This ain't the season where it's gonna make sense. I was kind of right. hoping Flavor ride with it and make him understand that this is a critical moment, you know. So if they don't understand, it's a lot of things they don't understand. Look at their phone. I try to tell them very simple. April Fool is your gadget, a toy, or is it a tool? Whether it, you know, I'm a vehicle, man. I don't really care if you like me or not. The thing is, is like the truth is, you know, is the truth is the truth, and the question is bouncing back on the individual. Is that phone that you're in love with, that you subscribe to, that you keep close to your hip and head, is it a toy or is it a tool? And regardless of what you think about me, what I said and how we deliver it, at the end of the day, does it work for you, doing you? Right. That's what teaching is. You don't look whether the teacher had a beard or a mustache that you liked. It's like, what did that teacher do when he wrote on the board? It's unfortunate that I had to, you know, go trending for the first time in my life on a bad look. 
That exactly is the point. It's also another point where I say, listen, man, intelligence. People get it in different areas. But one thing about the narrative about hip-hop, you had a fear of intelligence and also being able to embrace dumbassification. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. Yeah. So being being able to embrace dumbassification was definitely an issue that I had a, a, a problem with. And intelligence is, for example, people say whatever they want about intelligence. But let me tell you, man, when Fauci gets on TV, they listen to every single word that that dude right. says. And they don't want no dumb words. But my right. whole thing is, is, is like Public Enemy always presented the sense that we're not trying to make you smart. I know people don't want to be lectured to, but they want to be taught. Well, hell, we're not right. a politician. We ain't a pope. We ain't your parents. We're musicians that use the vehicle of music. Don't get it twisted, man. All this other stuff don't mean nothing, man. We do music. And if right. we do a song, that's what the song cuts the clip. All this other stuff, I'm not, I'm not into like, oh, how's the video? And, you know, how about this drama over here? It's like, Everything right. recently about the music ain't about the music. Well, everything about the performer ain't about the stage. It's like, ah, you know, man, I can't be part of that, man. This is what yeah. I'm saying. It's like all this stuff, don't, what is it at the core? Is it a song? But new new acts, I mean, I mean, I should say new acts, but new, new fans, I should say. They don't listen the same. They they not they don't really listen to songs. They gotta watch. It's a it's like a three hundred sixty degree multi dimensional way they absorb the artist. It's like they can absorb like this is what the artist did. Maybe this is what the artist style was. This is how the artist social media is. This is how the artist claps back at somebody. And a song for artists is just a small element of their of their thing. It's almost like. Off the stage is bigger than on the stage. It's like, well, right. this artist can't even perform. No, because their life is a performance. You know what I'm saying? That's right. how artists are judged in this world today. It's like everything else but the stage or the song. And the song is right. just that, that piece that has a layer to it uh, that, that, that people say, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel it? Well, yeah, I feel it. It ain't like they're going to, you know, they ain't like they're going to get out there and dance like it's 1983. They ain't going to do that. Right. Right. So these are whole different species. These are species that respond and they applaud through their gadget, man. So what do you tell them? I said, well, this is a teachable moment and a reachable moment because you're not even a citizen. You're a netizen, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why the album of Enemy Radio, Enemy Radio, like I said, it's the, it's the MC, the DJ political sound system. Right. Public, and it goes back, damn, their insensibility and attitude to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the, the the music of Jamaica or the accent of Jamaica. It's like the attitude. Marcus right. Garvey, right. you know, this is what it is. So, yeah. and the fact that you find out more white people like the attitude of Jamaica connected to Africa than black folks who kind of think, oh, that's my daddy's music, or I don't, I don't know nothing about Bob right. Marley. Right. Um, it it yeah. gives us a chance to say, catch up, because that's the beginning. Van still can tell you, that's the beginning of hip-hop and rap music, because you know, the whole style of turntables and, and emceeing and toasting and all that comes from Jamaica, and, and that's what catches in. They're in the New York area, man. Right, Representing right. 
uh, 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 that style, although they might have James Brown records on top of it instead of dub plates, that style, you know, is the style in the beginning of hip-hop. But once you start talking about a DJ and turntablism and scratching, you start getting into another thing that people say, oh, that was about 30 years ago, huh? So we don't lose, <laughs> we don't lose that element. No. Right. We don't lose so, so everything becomes a teaching moment when you talk about what do you think about the people about, uh, what do you think about them? You know, and that's performance art. All the stuff that's going on with Public Enemy, me, Flav, and all that. In the world of these people who use phones as a receptacle today to, to kind of engage themselves, this is part of the performance. And I'm like, mm-hmm. these are people that y'all have y'all never seen us in a real performance. Y'all have right. seen our records and activities. You're looking at a lot of things on your gadget. You're looking at, right, the power video from 1989. Right. You're looking at yeah. videos. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, you ain't experienced us. I mean, the experience Man. is what makes us worldwide. Right. Man. But but um, that's what I tell them. I said, you know what? You ain't gonna, you ain't never gonna figure us out unless you keep going to your phone and keep looking up. And don't don't stop at YouTube and Wikipedia and all that. Keep right. on digging. Exactly. Keep on digging. Man, I heard. And then uh, here's uh-huh. another thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Well, go I heard. Ahead. Speaking of Wikipedia, I heard um, uh, one of your bandmates, Professor Griff. He said it's not Wikipedia, it's Wikipedia. And I said, whoa, yeah, because somebody, <laughs> <laughs> somebody well, can always. Well, yeah, somebody always just alter it and, and change it around. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. It's like, look, man, it's like reading and writing and listening offline is different than reading, writing, and listening online. When the grid goes down, man, and electricity goes down, all your phone subscription, AT&T says no. Is that the end of your, your learning experience based on, right. on, on exactly. electronics? Unfortunately, exactly. unfortunately, I think exactly. it is. I think these kids, um, especially... Those that were born between 97 to like 99, they're like 20, uh, 20, 21, 22 years old and 23 years old. And I think they haven't known a life without technology from the time they were 10. It was 2009. I mean, come on. 50 Cent is is, is big and um, the Internet is hot. You know, you have all these. Um, so like you say, Chuck, Whoa. sock meds. And it's like, unfortunately, there is no line around the outside of a library anymore. Or there's no, there's nobody sitting in oh, yeah. the libraries. It's That's all, true. and like you say, if 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 AT and T cuts you off, if your battery and your charger is lost, or if your something happens to your device, unfortunately, that is the end of it because a lot of these kids are not taking it. Even my own are not taking it to the next step to find information. Right. They not. They not. They're not going to take it to the next step either. They're not. They. They have to be shown, and they almost got to go That's back to the last century. Yeah, it's not right. going to happen. It's not. It's not going to happen unless you kind of say, "Well, this is a book, and this is the way we have to do that." It's <laughs> right. almost like you know what? Right. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, let me tell y'all. It's like this. It's like. Yeah, I drank milk. Now, if somebody said, go in the back and milk that cow, I'd be like, yeah, what's that? Nah, but what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So right, what right. The, the generation before me be like, man, damn, you can't milk a cow. You don't know where milk comes from. To me, right. milk is like in a carton. Go to the refrigerator, pour it out of a box. Right. Today, people think chicken is in a box. They don't think it got legs and go cock, cock, cock and all that. <laughs> right. So imagine yeah. today with young people, a confrontation to them, might be with font and text as opposed to looking somebody in the eye. They don't know how to right. look another person in the eye. Right. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so, Chuck, exactly. what, what, what's behind? How did you all come up with um, the title "Loud Is Not Enough"? What, what's the um, the premise behind that, and what message are you all trying to get that's to simple. the people? Well, that's simple. It's like you know, when is when is a uh, substance going to be considered, you know, a, a, more valuable than style, or as much as style? It's almost like can we make important and valuable or more valuable than popular? Why is popular always got to be the thing that everybody drives their whole principle off of? So important right. don't matter. Hmm. So loud hmm. is not enough is pretty much is like a lot of people feel that they can get attention by pumping up the volume. The volume. Hmm. But you pumping up the volume without saying ish. It's right. like, yo, man, loud ain't enough. You know what I think hmm. of when you say you that is, is... in there. You know what I'm thinking of when you say that is... When, you know how you you see somebody maybe in a movie or even in real life where they're talking to someone who doesn't really understand English and they, they get louder thinking that their volume is going to get this person to understand uh -huh. what you're saying. Right. It, you're saying yeah. the same words, but you're just saying it louder, but they still don't understand you, <laughs> you know? Um, exactly, exactly. I'm going to use that too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yours. you giving me so much. You, you can have that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're giving me so Thank much. You. I own that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been um it's been an educational experience on the phone with um um Chuck D. Van Silk, you in the house with us, man? You still there? Van Silk, are you in the place to be? Man, I I I, I just enjoy just listening to brothers talk. And um I'm so emphatic of this new album that Enemy Radio just dropped. Yeah, yeah, I sent it out. Chuck sent it to me, and I sent it to so many DJs. And then I go, I text Chuck, look, Chuck, do you want me to send these out to DJs? You right. know, and and my whole thing is, it's like I listen to all the songs twice. Mm -hmm. And I sent you, three six, you was the second person I sent it to. Cause I sent it to <sighs> DJ Kevin Kevin Rockwell. I'm like, yo, man, a lot of people understand. Dope. Chuck's been doing and releasing albums for years, mm -hmm. right? And because you're not on a major label, like Chuck is one of the first person with the MP3s. He done quote Fort Hillary, Rap Station. Uh, whatever her name was down, Hillary Rosen. Yeah, Hillary Rosen. Rosen. Now in the Trump organization. He fought her years ago. Mm -hmm. Years mm -hmm. ago. He's the first one to stand out. You know, of the streaming and the MP3s. And I listened to the album. I listened to all the albums Chuck put out and I post them. You know, but this world moves so fast. And what they did was, and I said in my post, all your people got like, yo, man, I'm, if, if PE breaks up, it's, 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 it was in so many comments and so many <laughs> people talking about, yo, man, they can't break up. You need Chuck and Slade together. They can work with you without either one. But meanwhile, Chuck's been touring the world with, with 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 be real and part members of Rage Against the Machines and doing the Guards of Hip Hop tour and no disrespect to play without play. Listen, man, like I told Chuck today, I dealt with Grandmaster Flash in the Furious Five for twenty years trying to keep them together. I was the last person to have all of them out on the road in nineteen eighty nine before Cowboy died, eighty eight. That's right. including Disco B and Easy Mike. And I dealt with that group. The last recording that 
Mel Creole Raheem and and and, and, and Scorpio did. The last video was in '94. Something I put together for them. Yeah, yeah. The last so time, like that. Uh, sun don't shine in the hood. Yeah. The last time the four of them been together was in 2013 when I got them back together at uh BB King's and Howard Theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was so close to having before Creole got into his legal issues of Flash getting back with them. But you know what? In life, my first breakup of a group, I might be a little older than a few of y'all, was the Beatles. And I always wanted the Beatles to get back together. The Beatles, the Beatles, the Beatles. And it just never happened. And that was one of the biggest group in music history. They just never got back together. And after the death of John Lennon, you know what it didn't mean? Yeah, yeah. That hurt too, right? That hurt. Right, hurt. Yeah. It made us. It made us talk to the Rolling Stones a little bit, because I mean, was, <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, you know, like Rolling Stones, we were like, ah, all right, cool, they cool, but you know, they had songs like "Miss You" and stuff like that. But the Beatles, you knew those guys, right? You know, you, you yeah. knew those guys. You knew those guys, and they were just, and they were always powerful with their songs. They, the, the Ozzy Brothers, inspired them. Wow, that was the inspiration. Yeah. Wow. Now, I always remember that because they 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 re-recorded Twist and Shout. That was recorded in 1959. Right. Yeah. But I also want people to know me and Chuck have a lot of conversations. About two years ago, me and Chuck was talking about trying to put together the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame tour with Public Enemy, Run DMC, Furious Five with Flash, and um, and who else was it? Chuck was it? NWA. We talked about that. Yeah, where we talked about it, or, or at least elements of it, and it's still an idea to hold true for next year. We talked about it. And Chuck said, well, listen, I'll deal with Flav, I'll talk to Flash, and I'll talk to Run. I said, okay, you do that, then everything else will be in place. You know, and you still got to honor Tupac, and right. Easy Boys ain't doing nothing, but there's ways you could do it now. And, and to say... The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Hip Hop Tour. That'll that's be, easy. Right. Twenty five thousand. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. that is. Yeah, no matter what that, you do. Yeah. That is a. Um... And me and Chuck had this discussion, and he said, "Well, so I can't right now. I'm on the road." And then we we had discussions about Grandmaster Flash and the Fierce Five in the Public Enemy Tour. We had all these discussions. Wow. But you know, it's hard. It's hard in rock. You came out of a group and you lost a member. It's hard, especially when you lose a member in the group. But it's hard to... It ain't like these tours, these shows can't happen. It's the person that want to put the money up to make it happen. Right. Mm-hmm. If, the yeah. groups, if the groups can say we all take the same amount, it's not about the money, it's about the fans. It's about the fans. Right. But we can get the money, we can get the sponsors. What sponsor would not even sponsor the a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame hip hop tour. You get Pepsi or whatever w- without even blinking your eye. That's, that's easy. Who would even be with a live streaming of it? Right. And the well, thing well, is, well, these days are coming into play. Okay. No, I was going to say the thing that, right. just to expound on what you said about the group breaking up, it's like the energy is not even matching either. So one, one month I can be like, yo, Mark, let, let's do it. We can do it. And then his energy is not matching mine. And then he'll call me another month. We should put this together. I'm like, ah, I don't know. So it's like, we're not even matching together. So I can imagine what a group like, um, you know, Run DMC would go through because you lost a member. 
and you just don't feel the same. It's not complete. You know what I mean? And um, no matter how much we try to just try to get a new beatbox or whatever, it's like it's not the chemistry is not there as far as three being on stage. But I can, I can understand your group. No, I can understand your group rock, and I didn't even cut you off. But like, I had the whole thing with Flash. And I said, let me explain something to your guys. And I talked to each member. I said, I don't give a excuse my language. A flying f. You ain't gotta be the best of friends. Exactly. You ain't gotta be in the same hotel. I don't care if you're not in the same airplane. I don't care if Flash don't come to sound check. The Flash right. was almost willing to do it. But here's the problem. I said, as long as y'all go and do the interviews, do your show, and go your separate ways, I don't expect y'all to walk down a ball and hold hands, because yeah. after all these years, sometimes you're not, you, you may not be the best of friends. But this is a business. And by you right. not doing what you're supposed to do as a business, you hurt the fans. You ain't not giving the fans. The Rolling Stones. I was getting ready to say, I've heard Keith Richards and Majestic. Block the drummer. Block the drummer. The drummer. Now, and I told Chuck this morning, it's only the two of y'all. It's going to work out. When you're dealing with five five people, who everybody's six, everybody got an AARP card and and, and and my whole thing is, man, you, you you can't go back. You can't turn back the hand of time, the fans. To put all that aside. The Rolling Stones do it. They don't yeah. like each other, but they do it. And they have big conflicts with Mick, Mick and um, uh, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Big conflict. Matter of fact, they split up a, a, you know, for a couple of years and all that, but they realize, all right. You know, and I was telling, see, all I wanted Flavor to do, right, guys, all I said, I said, bro, I got you, man. You know I'm going to end up doing 80% of the work, and, but you got to do 20% at least. You can't do 10% if I'm doing 80%. Also, you got to be productive. They're, you know, on the other end, I, for years, for years, I'm like, Flavor, I told him this on the phone not long ago, bro. You should be getting me back, making me like competitive and mad. You should have been at least had ten solo albums by now. When I'm on mm-hmm. that station, man, I'd be going in the artists and they be having their tenth solo album, and I'm like saying, "Well, this is the person that started, you know, back in the day. Let's say if it's a uh, Sadat X, Sadat X doesn't start stop." I always would tell Silk on the phone, right? I said, "Listen, man, I don't understand why legendary MCs, especially in this digital age," You know, don't keep on recording. And, you know, right. we can play guys like Do the Bug, these digital planets and stuff like that. Say, record your artist. Do art nonstop. You do art until you die. But, yeah. I remember one time I was coming yeah. to a play for somewhere, and uh, Mighty Mike C, Taylor's Four, was also on the, on the shuttle train. And I was telling Mike, you just finished mm-hmm. coming from LA. You were doing something with Moji, Kumo D. And I said, Mike, what was the last record you did? Well, you know, I don't get around to doing it as much. So I said, yeah, but you just was out with Mo D on, on this concert. Uh, yeah, I understand that because he was, you know, get some money, you know, whatever. But Mike, man, you're one of the MCs, man. I love to hear. Right. Like, it's like, I mean, right and right now, you could go in somebody's crib and people, you know, I said, yeah, he was like, yeah, man, my son, my son got a studio. I'm like, huh? 
So what are you what are you looking at? I said, you could do it, right. but it don't cost you a dime, really. If you could do it, if you do it right, it don't cost you a dime. What's stopping you? And Mike says, Yo, man, that's a good thought. I never thought of that. I said, That's why I'm here, bro. But that's the same thing with flavor. And I'm like, all these years, I'm like, Flav, when you come up with your solo album, I'll help you. But flavor is like the epitome of what uh, the the last generation or the two generations right about now is all about. It's like the stage is 24 hours a day. I just try right. to get them focused and say, yo, bro, save a little bit of your energy for the real stage, save a little bit of your energy for rehearsal, save a little bit of your energy for recording and writing. And if you can't write, somebody write for you, which means that they're going to have to get the line clear. You can't take the, right. you can't take somebody's song and throw them like $300 and say, yo, this is for that beat, you know, now bounce. No, no, I said, nah, man, we're not doing it that way. If you don't write the song and somebody writes the song, they got to get paid a lot of money that you should have been getting. Cool. Keep writing records or keep recording records. And that means it's like, right. if you're not a writer, that means you need to do eight albums. If you're a writer, then you could do three. Because it's all coming to you. Because you, you you still got to share with the person that made the beat if you don't make the beat. Right. And everybody hears right. the story. They, they hear the peripheral story, the headline story. Like, oh, Flavor plays a gifted musician. Da, da, da. I said, yeah, he can play an instrument. He can't put it in context of a record and a song. You got to guide him. In that context, he's, he's brilliant. And he always needs that context. And I'm that dude that's always worked hard and put him in that context. Although I wouldn't want to do it all the time because I want to see him do his thing. Yeah. But right. you can't go eight years. You can't go eight years, not show up uh, to, to rehearsals, not show up to the studio, um, just right. want to come out. Because yeah, I, I, I have a saying. I said, listen, the gig is the gift. Mm-hmm. It's it it just the gift. That ain't even the, that ain't even the work. It, the, you're dumb. The, the gig is the gift, man. It's Chuck, you got a gig. Yes, sir. And Chuck, you know what's so sad? How many, you know, how many times have you been on the phone with me and 360 when we were doing the radio show? And um, when Hank died, you came on. When we, when, when you was on with everybody and telling them about getting the revert rights back to their master after 25 years, how many times have you, you been on the phone with us about 10, 15 people? And I look at a lot of them, I'm like, listen, if you got a fan base, just keep recording. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Keep rec- you ain't got to see a lot of them is caught up to about being on a record label. No, man, if you just keep right. recording. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> those songs are going to be more important than the songs that you recorded originally. Exactly. Listen, man, right. Flavor Flavor is a talented dude. His voice is unmistakable. But yeah, I was going to say, Flavor is... Listen, but, but listen, you got to do the work. Right. You can't right. wish the work. You can't say somebody's going to do the work for you. Even if your work is 20%, and we want it to be 50%, you've got right. to do right. the work. Yeah. Would you and say- the work means even if the work is good, you got to do it. You can, nobody can jump in you, but Flavor has talent that nobody else got, meaning that when he goes in a room, he sucks the, suck the stardom out of it, right? Right. Everybody's going to notice him in the room. That's one thing. You couldn't liquidize that until you come up with reality TV, and that happened to sign its match. I was mad at the reality TV company because Mindless Entertainment just went and they made a a, a cachet industry off of Flavor's invention. I mean, I'm not saying it was an invention, Mm -hmm. but 
but back then his, his business arrangement was more like, you know, we're going to get this money. We're not really going to think about, and I'm not saying they didn't think about it, but I was kind of mad at the mindless entertainment for saying, well, shouldn't have you come in and shared this with Glaver's all profile, but that was their business. And Greg is his manager and that's what they decided to do. And I really thought that was a fantastic opportunity for Flavor. I just said, listen, man, take care of it. Make sure you win. You have some equity in it. Is the most I can say. I wasn't one of those people that was going around like Flavor Flavor's embarrassing public enemy. I wasn't one of those guys. I was like happy. I'm yo, man. Yo, I, I was, was gonna... happy he had a job somewhere else, bro. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask that. My whole life has been like. Yeah. I was yeah, going to. My whole life has been like, bro. Build the flavor slave empire. You got my help, help, but you know what? Right. It's this little brother thing in him, although he's older. It's this little brother thing in him. It's like you know, I ain't gonna ask Chuck. I'm gonna show him how to do it myself. And I said, listen, man, you can do it yourself if you get the right help, or if you know how to do it. And and before you know how to do it, you gotta put in the time. It's simple. Right. Let's say all of our kids or anybody younger than us is like, you can do it. It ain't gonna. It ain't gonna be microwave. Ain't gonna fly in automatically be ordained <laughs> because you want it, right? Exactly. You know, and, and a lot of the, I, when I talk to Flavor, it's like yo, like this. So all this stuff, and I want this to actually metastasize and tell all these people online all what y'all think public enemy is, and all you have no idea of right. the real conversation. Why? Why have you heard? Why haven't you heard me say anything before? Because every time public enemy would come, it would be the good look. Unity, solidarity, we knock it out. Okay, business as usual. You know, that's it. Mm. Yeah, that's the good look. Wow. After a while, you got 30 years of the good look. It's just a get over look. And Somebody's I, like, oh, man, somebody told me, oh, so-and-so is doing this, and they're paying them, da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, what? For what? What did he do? Right. What? That's it? Man, that's whack. Yeah. If you like, you start, I mean, the person start giving me data, and analytics and views and all that. I just said all they, all they, all they presented was a problem. And right. I'm like saying, we, we presented the total package. At the end of the night, we're going to play at the end of the show and give people a good time. But also we have to understand what has happened, what has happened this last 15, especially 10 years. We have seen citizens turn into medicine. So their whole state of existence looks at a performance in a different way. I played in front of 900,000 people in Milan last year with Prophets of Rage, and we played wow. underneath Eminem. Eminem, right? Let me tell you, man. When you play in front of 900,000 people, or let's say a regular stadium, we play in the stadium, right? Stadium in, in the middle of London called Twickenham, where they play, you know, modern stadium. Looks like RFK Stadium in D.C. Yo, man, 86,000 people, man. When you play in front of that amount of people, are people looking at the stage or right. are they looking at the screen? You know what? Screens have taken over everything. Because when you go in the stadium, yeah. now you can see a stadium performance and people look at the screen. Even if they're right. 25 feet away, they're looking at the screen, y'all. Right. So if you have an artist yeah. that, that, that can't move on stage and an artist can't perform on stage, you know what they're doing? They ain't got to move. The cameras are moving. All they got to do is right. block the cameras, and the cameras go to the screen. So wow. people five, uh, uh, 50 feet away is looking at the screen. They're not even looking at the stage. 
I'm telling right. you this as a person who's looking at 83,000 people or 900,000 people. You're not even looking at people's eyes. They're looking at the screen, and you're right in front of them. Wow. It's a whole different science, man, and wow. these science are not talked about. These science are not talked about. I mean, who gives a damn about hip-hop and rap? Who gives a damn about, you know, they don't, there ain't no rules. In the rock world, they figured out what is and what ain't. But right. hip-hop, man, it's the bastard child music, and nobody really cares about that. And, you know, right. they exactly. kill each other, and... And they talk and about this is why you get the separation of trouble. the old. Uh, right, this is why you get a huge separation of the old school and the new school. There's no respect from the new school respecting the the cats that came, but well, well before them, and even the cats that came five years before them. It, it, there's just no respect because it's kind of like, well, what are you doing now? Well, then I don't know you kind of kind of mentality, and um, yeah, it, it's just well, um, you gotta you gotta live you gotta live with that. You gotta say, well, yeah. You don't know me, and there's a lot of things also that you don't know. You got your phone. Right. I'm in every phone. So if you don't know me, and there's your phone right there, you could definitely look me up. Right, I'm look me up. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you can't, right. you can't be like just mean because somebody don't know you. They don't know a right. lot of things, and they won't know a lot of things. They're going to know what they know. What you could probably do is trace, you know, the breadcrumb sauce and be like, okay, how I get in the middle of this mix? And unfortunately, right. the middle of this mix happened to be always something that presents a bad look. Hmm. Yeah. Even if it presents a yeah. bad look at first, at the end of the day, it ends up becoming somebody's business model. And what we have seen over the last 15, 20 years, that the bad look became a business model. Okay, this right. person started off from drugs, and all of a sudden, you know, they're American story. I'm like, okay, yeah, but how about the dude that's a Dallas historian that ended up, we wanted to be the educated rapper, and all of a sudden, that don't mean nothing, though, right? Well... Right. Not enough white people were scared. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. what? Facts. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, what? You know, so the conversation that we're having right now, man, is too complex for the digital age that wants it in, in, in spurts, man. And this is why right. when you do something on television and all, they got to break it up in five parts and, and make teasers because they, they, mm. they have doubts if somebody's going to sit through an hour. Or sit there you go. minutes. Right. Exactly. No attention. Or sit through 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. That's, that's it. But look, man, the people who are grown now were born in 2004, man, 2003, two. I mean, come on, man. They're not even, they they on the other side of the century, man. Their whole right. existence is different. You got to understand that. So that when somebody says, oh, man. That's public enemy. That's my parents' music. That was in the bad look. They beefing and all that. They, what else they got to talk about? They locked everybody locked in the crib at the same time. Charles right. Barkley and Deanna's Ethical Cooper, right? And 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 um and and Kevin Durant. They all in the same position. Only thing you can do right. is look at reruns on YouTube. They all right. equal right now. Same thing <laughs> like yeah. Grandmaster Class and the Furious Five and Jada Kiss. And and Drake, they all the same. They at the same level. Ain't they nobody go. doing a concert nowhere. So they everything go. is at the starting line. Yeah. Before on your everybody's mark. at eye level right, right now. Exactly. Right. Everything is equal. Exactly. Yeah. So somebody, yo man, it, it, it ain't no distraction. Now somebody That's might say, nah, "I ain't spending my time over there." I'm gonna say, you know, I'm gonna stay at this, you know. Uh, Hip hop XXL blog and all that. I'm gonna stay there. I'm a maroon there. 
Yeah, but, you know, you got the same gadget in your hand that takes you somewhere else. And the only thing that pops up about noon up in those blocks is bad noon. Yeah, mm. that's real. That's true. Um, so so I'm not the one I'm not the one that, that takes the cheap shot, like, you know, because when people are like, oh, man, Chuck D had to come up with a host to promote a record. No, nah, they came up with a host to promote a guy. I'm going to promote a record anyway, all my life. In the middle of the desert, in the middle, of, I'm just gonna happen. That's gonna happen. I got a record label with 30 artists, man. I'm gonna always do that. Rap right. got a, a 10 station channel. I'm gonna always do that. That just happened to be on the day that it happened to, to be on. That's all. But I'm saying the point of what what I'm saying is that that the music, man, the music, when public enemy. When people talk about all oh, public enemy, I expect them to have some integrity. I tell them, listen, man, we do have integrity. Yeah, yeah. People ain't going to notice the integrity. But we're not the Pope. Right. We ain't your president, and we're not your parents. We are musicians, rap artists, and the Rock Hall of Fame as rap musicians to be able to make songs and have truth to power. Right. I get just as much of a kick out of see watch channel zero than I do out of fight the power. Now, if you never heard of see watch channel zero, that ain't my fault. Cause I sure enough know what it is. Hmm. I'll perform right. that record. I feel good about exactly. it. You know, black exactly. steel, our chaos as much as, you know, mega black. Yeah. I mean, those are public enemy songs. Now, so I'm right. like somebody's top five of public enemy songs. I'll be like, okay, I, I feel you. I'm happy for that. But at the same time, don't mark me down and say my authentication is based on your top five of us, our top three, or the only song you know is Fight the Power. I feel you. I'm grateful. I dig that. But I have right. a 34-year career, dog. And a 34-year career ain't based on making a record whether it made you happy or not. It is right. just what it is. And I've been doing it for 34 years in a row. And that's all I ask for Flavor to do. I say, yo, man, for yourself, man, I'm here to help you. Just be productive, right. man. I understand that the 23 hours is the stage. Please come on, understand that the recording studio is part of that performance. Um, you got to make the... I said, listen, man, the gig is a gift. When, when the album was stopped in 2017, I said, yo, you stopped in a record. The only thing the promoters want, you know this, Phil, only thing the promoters want is know that you're active. Exactly. They're not right. checking the charts. Right. They're saying, well, look, Public Enemy came to Madrid. Four years ago, we know they're going to do an incredible show. What new do you have that we can promote to get people in the seat? That's it. Right. You don't need to ride no charts. And that's how we worked for 29 years in a row. So, you know, I built it so we didn't have the pressures of being popular or relevant. We're always going to give beat. So that's why I called Public Enemy the Rolling Stones of the rap game because we had our own, we have our own thing. It's like all we got to do is release. And everything else will follow. All the catalog. I mean, I make it no big deal. I, I think Enemy Radio, when I talk about the album, I salute the contributors. I salute myself. I think C Doc, David Snyder, man, I think C Doc, man, is, is, is as good as LP from uh, Run the Jewels. I sure do, right at this moment. Mm. He got the same muscle as LP from Run the Jewels, man. And he is magnificent. Uh, DJ Lord, man, one of the best turntablers in the in the world. He's He'll dope. take anybody, bar none. Yes. And when yeah. it comes down to my man Jai, he's a veteran. He's already done sixteen albums, and he teaches in museums and school systems, and could spit fire anywhere. He's one of those dudes, man. He's holding his chops from KRS One. 
Cajoni and Thompson KRS One and working with me, man. Yo, man. Oh, I just press, press that button in the back. You ready to go, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I like that, man. I just I dig that. I mean, I mean, I'm a rap head. I don't sit around like saying like I'm gonna wait around for the next phase of music because I'm 60 years old, man. Nah, man. I dig this. I want that date to happen where I could go to Madison Square Garden and we see five or six rap acts for three nights in a row, and I leave that spot and be like, damn, that was dope. Right. Let me tell you, man. I did four years with Prophet the Race, and that's B-Real uh, B -real from Cypress Hill, Jimmy C, Tom Morello, and Brad Will from Race Against the Machine, and myself and DJ Law for Public Enemy. We did four years mm. like a University of Brotherhood. Mm. Can I tell you, in front of, play in front of four million people mm. and countless amount of shows, every night we ended, standing ovation. Last time you seen a standing ovation from a damn black show or rapper, right. I mean, you probably right. did Gladys, When Gladys Knight finished, you give another standing ovation. When Mary J. Blige finished, standing ovation. Even R. Kelly and all his dilemma, after he's all right. said and done, standing ovation. Right. Standing ovation, right. Nah, they used to do yeah. it. Like when Flash and them left, man, standing ovation. I just got to applaud this. This is so dope. But right. I was popping the rage standing ovation. Now, that was the end of Prophet the Rage because everybody went back in their way. You know, be real with the Cypress Hill, we came back to Public Enemy with Enemy Radio. The Rage Against the Machine was getting ready to do five dates. Five dates, two Coachella dates, right? With three right. warm-up dates, $20, $20 million, right? Not just to break it down in money, but just to tell you the magnitude. Mm -hmm. You know they were getting ready to play New York in, in August? They were playing Madison Square Garden. So, mm -hmm. so, so, wow! It, uh, they, were, they were gonna play. They were gonna play the Garden five nights, bro. Five Madison Square Garden dates. Not the little room. And this is Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine. Zach De La Rocha, Brad Wilk, Timmy Comerford. And Tom Morello. Four of them, bro. Wow. I don't want to hear stuff about, yo, this is your hip hop's the biggest music in the world, man. Like, it is, but it ain't. Right. They need right. the curators right. and people that can't take it and people that take it seriously. Right. That's all I would say in the flame. I said, bro, man, the world is ready for you, but you've got to be productive. You've got to do the work. And what, right. what I mean by doing the work, you can't start the work and say you're going to get back to the work. It's only considered work when you come up with the K when it's completed. That's what I mean by the work. you got to complete the work. Mm. And we got people like mm. some, from Substantial, the Bumpy Knuckles. Them dudes, man, them dudes release records like every month, man. They don't play, man. Yeah. man I, I, I break a thousand artists, man, on Rap Station every half of the year. Break a thousand artists. We even play artists that submit, you know, like if they recorded in the 90s and they got their dad up in the crib, I say, well, we could take and digitize this stuff and get it up and make us a, a, a description or whatever. We'll fly that in flotation too, man. Don't never give up on your art. Right. But, you know, when, when hip-hop and rap is reduced down to the narrative of being like, I ain't heard of them, oh, I, oh, I heard of them once they, you know, once they got killed, like in the case of Pop right. Smoke or, 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 or 
or that kid extension or or um or, or the murder of Nipsey Hustle, man, to me that's derogatory, man. It's disrespectful. And this is where my conversation with Public Enemy got the um a lifetime achievement for the Grammys. I was like, look, I made my peace with the Grammys a long time ago when they had a rap category finally. I didn't have I wasn't peaceful with them when they kept the rap category out. Right. Then they did. So my beef was off with them. I had a, you know, a touch and go relationship with them. But after a while, now it started treating the Grammys just like, okay, the winner is Kanye West without even really going through anybody else. It's like it became a convenient, uh, low, low-hanging low fruit type of thing. I remember Jay-Z talking about, yo, man, I don't know what to do with these Grammys. I drink champagne out of them. I mean, so it, it became almost like, damn, a, a joke type of thing. So right. what happened is they appointed a woman. Her name was Deborah Dugan. And Deborah Dugan was really the person who was going to be appointed by the National Arts and the Recorded Sciences, Maris, who hosts the Grammys. And she called me personally and said, well, we would like to award you this achievement. We would like you to be there. And I know, Chuck, that there's a lot of stuff going on here and there's a lot of slow movement and the same old, old white man thing. But I'm here to change that. You know they fired that woman a week later than after she gave me the post. Wow! Post, 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 post. They fired her, and they fired her for exposing the same old ish that she promised that she look into and stop. So I was like, I'm not going to. The, I ain't going to the red carpet grandmother. Matter of fact, yeah. that was the same day that Kobe lost his life. The same yep. day on the helicopter. Right. So I was like, I ain't going there. I ain't going. I ain't going down because yeah, yeah. Go ahead. She came up. No, yeah, she came out and say how the Grammys was giving away the Grammys and what you got to do to get them. And we we've been doing that for a lot of years. Same with the Soul Train Award and all these awards. The labels are paying for the awards these days. Right. And I was like, you know, but you know, I, Flavor, Terminator, and Grip. Well, they were there on the red carpet saying I was a no show. Damn right, I was a no show. So. Mm. I, I just said, so, yeah, I protested that. So when they fired the woman, I was like, well, here we go again. She exposed right. the old way that we want change on. If she can't get fired, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to protest. I just ain't going to, it wasn't really a protest. It was just, I ain't going. She asked me to be down. Well, this is what I'm saying. Long story short, we're in a digital age where once upon a time we could hear, like, be, believe half of what you see. And none, none of what, of you, what hear. you hear. Right. Well, it's flip flopping. Right. Well, it's flip flopping the digital age. It's like believe half of what you hear, and none of what you see. Mm-hmm. Don't believe right. anything you see because people are only looking at images. When I was right. up there on the stage of Bernie Sanders, they saw nothing but me on the stage with a mic. Right. They hear, yeah, damn word I said, man. They they just saw images, and when you right. were susceptible for the flash and dash of images. I call it shaking to the lights. You just shake into the lights, man. Anything could, could, could prop agenda your ass. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, my thing is I, I try to, look, I'm a hip-hop rap artist who thoroughly tread and trained in the process of communication. And I try to be able to say, listen, man, we don't want the masses to turn into them asses. So you got to be able to manage your gadget. Because if you don't manage your gadget, all those things behind your gadget will master you. You're never going to master your gadget. That's right. It's a computer that goes well beyond. 
but That's you right. can manage your gadget, manage your uses, manage your time. So if my conversation, when I'm telling you on this radio show, is too deep for Twitter, which, which is always going to be too deep for Twitter. But I like to do Twitter. I don't do the other social media. I don't do Facebook. I don't do Instagram. My, my daughters and the company, they handle that. But I do Twitter personally. I can't get in the Twitter, Twitter beef with somebody if I got 280 right, characters. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I could. But, but, but how stupid is that, me being upset? And it has happened to me, especially even recently, when you are affected by a person you don't know and don't know you. So why are you affected? Right. Mm, right. <laughs> right. Right. Why are you affected by a person, you know, and even if it's 10 or 15 or 20 at a time, why are you affected by a person you don't know? Right. But in the medicine world, you are affected by font, text, and type. You don't even see much of an image. All somebody got to do is say, F-U-C-K-Y-O-U, and all of a sudden you're going to start going to, you know, your, you're going your back blood pressure pills. <laughs> yeah, right. you're going right. to start going to your blood pressure pills because somebody said F-type, type it, F-U-C-K-Y-O-U-N-G-E-R-A. You know, like, so you got to kind of also tell yourself, dude, I'm from last century, man. This don't mean nothing to me. It do, but it don't. Well, that, I don't think new generations, I call them new gen, they can't do that. They can't turn it off, man. It's re, it's the real world to them. They, look, right. they created cyberspace so it could have you pay mortgage or rent to the remaining real estate of your mind. Mm. Wow. Think about it. Think about it. This world's already sold up. They already locked up the physical. Where are people at? They in cyber. They in the cyber universe. They're not in the physical universe in the same way. Right. So they already, already look. They got rules now in cyberspace. They got. They're selling property in cyberspace. People's currency is based off Bitcoin and cyberspace coming to be. A cancer mm. society is based in the in the realm of cyberspace. It ain't got, it ain't, you know, man, it, it's a world apart from going to your backyard of the creek and chopping some wood, man. Right. It's like, yo, that's last century, the century before that, those centuries is gone, man. We the second decade in, 2020, which means what? A, hindsight. B, clear vision. There's a lot of cataracts, man, in this, in, in this decade to come in the deal. We've seen it right now, man. Hazy vision. Ain't, you don't have clear vision right now. No one knows what right. the vision is like beyond their scope of eyesight. It's a third eye thing, maybe. Who knows? It's a digital eye thing, maybe. Your wow. own physical eyes are not going to see how you're going to roll in the 2020s. That's why I say the cheapest price to pay is attention. But we in a time where the yeah. digital realm gives you the access. They say, you know what? I don't want to pay attention. I play attention. Mm -hmm. Right. And playing attention and paying attention is two different prices, man. When you play attention, you can look at a headline and go and run and go through your own, you know, races. You pay attention, right. you got to go to the fine line. You got to go to the dotted line. You got to go to the small print. Who the hell doing that, man? Right. And this right here, we have, this, right. is, this is the 360 University podcast, and we are on the line having an educational session with the legendary Chuck D, Van Silk, and uh, Cool Rock Ski on the line. I am your international homeboy, the incredible DJ 360. And we are here um, um, just just having a, a very um, thought-provoking and very important conversation. And I think I'm going to uh, title this particular episode um, the Le A Teachable Moment. 
You know what I'm saying? Um, because uh, there's a lot of a lot of things we can get from this particular episode. Um, and as we close, um, I want to encourage everyone out there to go check out um, Enemy Radio's uh, new album, um, uh, Loud Is Not Enough, with the, the, the leading song that we played on this particular episode. And it's called Food As A Machine Gun. Um, and it's like, like Chuck said, I think this is going to turn out to be one of those um, songs that's one of the most important songs of, of this time. Hey. Um, and, and given a oh, lot yeah, of, definitely. yeah, yeah. Um, so go sign up and enemy radio, hold on. Enemy radio.net go sign up. You'll get the notifications. Rapstation.com. Yeah. And listen, man, it's a lot of things. There's a lot of great music on rap station. A lot of yeah. DJs, like even Terminator X is on it. And see a lot of people, Mm. I'm so consumed of what's corporate and not understand what Chuck is still doing. I'm corporate in my own way. Yeah. Come here. Come to come to this house. Yeah. I'm giving a lot of artists a lot of opportunities. And the sad thing is a lot of these artists should be broadcast on that station. A lot of artists could break from there right. and get and go, and go to the corporate side and never say, you know what? I started out. I started out at rap station. Yeah, that's that's right. what gave me my break. A lot of right. people don't even know that K. Slay gave Fifty Cent his break when nobody wanted to sign Fifty. K. Slay put him on his first album, Street Sweepers on Columbia Records, and K. Slay was getting calls from certain people. Don't fuck with him. Leave him alone. Right. Hey, like, listen, man. Yo, the fuck out of here. Excuse my language. You know, get out no, of here you with good. all that. You good. The whole point is, man, you know, when I ask Chuck today, can you do this with me? So you can explain your side to other people who may not fo follow Talib and, and Up Rock and, and you know, Hip Hop DX. You know, another medium. And, and before we got on the phone, I texted him. I said, listen, I'm going to go on and talk about the album. Then he called me because I know Chuck is being overwhelmed with a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> and, and for him to for him to take this time out for the last hour and a half, you yeah. know, I, oh, man, that's how I always do, man. It's been, yeah. I appreciate this brother, man. Yeah, yeah. I tell him all the time. I no, I know, him. I know, I know, I know. He was busy as heck, you know. And, and I'm I'm just on the phone, just observating and, and listening to everything he's just saying. I'm like, you know, he he's pouring everything out, and I'm not even going into this song or that song because. I'm just letting him speak because this is like definitely a, a dope moment right now. Just to yeah. hear this brother just, you know, whether he's written his frustrations or whether he's giving knowledge, he's doing, he's just, I'm just letting him talk. He said, no, just talk. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's it. We're here at the 360 University um, podcast. We're going to end this particular show, um, this particular episode um, with um, a song that it resonates uh, to this day. And it's, it's off of one of the, the greatest albums in hip hop history. Um, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back with our legendary guest, um, Chuck D, along with his partner, Flavor Flav, and the whole Public Enemy crew. Shout out to Professor Griff, the S1. Hey, hey can, I ask, can I ask for a Public Enemy, can I ask for a public enemy request? Absolutely. Brothers gonna work it out. Brother's going to work it out. Let's there you do go. It. Work it out. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's it. We're going out. to um, Brother's going to work it out because that's what we're going to do. That's what Public Enemy is going to do. That's what they're about. So we're going to work it out. Brother's going to work it out. We're going out to that right here on 360 University Podcast. Peace. Hey,
okay. Yeah, yeah, one of those years. Oh. To death do you part. To death do you part. Cut it out with the divorce stuff. (laughs) (laughs) 